0: Welcome to this International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation podcast where we will be discussing the April 2017 board meeting. My name is Matt Tilling and I'm the Director of Education here at the Foundation. It is my pleasure to welcome once again the Chair of International Accounting Standards Board, Hans Hugerwurst, and Vice Chair, Sue Lloyd. Hans, I'd like to start with you and this week we saw another new (coughs) board member at the table.
1: Yes, his name is Tom Scott, he is from Canada, he joined us on the 1st of April and previously he was a Professor of Accounting at the School of Accounting and Finance at the University of Waterloo. So we have added an academic to the board. Um, Tom is uh, has a special interest in the way that financial uh, reporting uh, helps investors making wise decisions in terms of investing. So he will be uh, very much interested in our performance reporting uh, work. And of course, we uh, welcome him
0: to the board. Sue, turning to the discussions during the board meeting, we saw insurance once again on the agenda.
2: Yes, we had a short session um, on insurance at the April board meeting. It was an oral update um, from the staff on where we're at in terms of timing, and we're still on track for um, May publication of our new standard, IFRS 17. We also had a discussion about the implementation activities that we're planning to support the new standard when it's published. Um, It's an important part of our work these days, providing support on the implementation of our new standards, and we went through our plans there, which include establishing a transition resource group, which will hold public meetings to discuss questions that people have in practice when they're applying the standard. There will be a dedicated section on our website when we publish the new standard which will set out all of the different implementation support that we provide, provide details of our Transition Resource Group and also the materials um, from those meetings, recordings of the meetings and also all of the papers and the meeting summaries are going to be available on the website.
0: Hans, we also had a session jointly with the FASB which was non-decision making. Can you tell us a little bit about that
1: session? Yes, there were um, two members of the uh, technical staff of the FESB that came over to uh, London, uh, and we had also um, FESB staff uh, joining us uh, through video uh, from Norwalk. And what they did is to uh, to update the ISB on the progr- progress they are making on their financial performance uh, reporting project. Uh, what Uh, And this is uh, indicative of the uh, new way that the FESB and the ISB are uh, uh, working uh, together. Um, Obviously, we are not doing joint projects anymore, uh, but we think it's very wise to keep each other uh, updated on uh, progress that we are making on uh, projects uh, that are going in the same direction. Uh, We sent staff to Norwalk a couple of weeks ago to update them them, them uh, on uh, our the progress that we have made with the conceptual framework. We are ahead of them, they are also working on the uh, conceptual framework, uh, but they are much earlier stages, uh, we are uh, finishing it, uh, they are in the beginning phase um, and uh, we believe it's wise to inform each other uh, so that we are able to uh, almost uh, to, <laughs> to copy our uh, mutual, I- mutual ideas where uh, we think it's uh, useful and to uh, stay as closely converged as possible in the, in, in the future. So uh, this time uh, the FSB technical staff c- came over to uh, update ourselves on the financial performance reporting project. They have spent a couple of years on doing some really fundamental uh, research and uh, we believe that will come in handy in our primary financial statements uh, project.
0: Sue, so, uh, rate-regulated activities was a key part of the April board meeting.
2: That's right, and and this is a um, it wasn't a decision-making session. It was a session to really talk about what the objective should be for the model that the board is working on. And this rate-regulated project is really a question for the board on what we do about accounting for regulatory assets and liabilities and. Um, As people might know, at the moment we've got what in effect is an interim standard in place IFRS 14 and what we're doing is to try and work out what we do with that temporary solution as our ultimate solution. So the discussion in the April meeting was about what the description of the new model should be that we're exploring to account for regulatory assets and liabilities. And what we focused on was the effect of um, regulatory agreements that include um, rate adjustment mechanisms. So, for example, these um, regulatory arrangements can result in regulated entities like utilities um, being required by their regulator to charge their customers more or less in future periods. And we're looking at what the sort of tr- so called true up mechanism should look like and how it should best be reflected in the financial statements to, fi- to provide useful information for those um, using the financial statements. It was really a sort of scene-setting discussion that enables the staff to have a foundation to go away and develop some more detailed proposals.
0: Hans, uh, a topic we've discussed just recently, but uh, back again, the definition of a business. And specifically, you discussed a screening test.
1: Yes, we um, continued to discuss uh, feedback that we uh, received to the exposure draft from last year, which is called definition of a business and accounting for previously held interests and uh, this proposal is all about requirements for companies to decide whether they treat an acquisition as a business combination or simply as the acquisition of assets which requires very different uh, accounting. Uh, The proposal uh, involves uh, a so-called screening test which is uh, optional and which should make it easier for companies to make distinctions. Should should be a simple test that uh, minimizes the need for a more detailed assessment in, in some circumstances. And there will be further board discussions on this ED in the future. Lastly, uh, from the board meeting, so implementation
0: and maintenance. IFRS 9 was discussed in the context of annual improvements. What is the annual improvement cycle and, and what will be What will the board be proposing?
2: There were three topics that the board discussed that were um, follow-ups from discussions at the Interpretations Committee. And one of them was um, a recommendation from the committee to make a minor amendment to IFRS 9 um, about how this 10% test is used for derecognition of liabilities. And the board agreed with the Interpretation Committee's recommendation that we make an amendment as part of our next annual improvement cycle and the annual improvement cycle is really where we batch up together very small changes that we're making to our standards and we batch them together because they're not really time critical changes and by batching them (coughs) together it makes it less burdensome both for the board but also importantly for our stakeholders to consider a whole suite of small changes all at once and to consider them as a package. Um, even though it's sort of small changes they're still part of our due process so we still um, issue them as an exposure draft and consult but typically their nature is that they're minor amendments that really clarify correct or remove redundant wording in the standard and this was a good example of that just about everybody is already doing the test in the way that the clarification will set it out but it's some additional words just to remove Um, any uncertainty about how the test would apply, so very much a clarification in nature.
0: Before we finish up today I thought it was worth mentioning a couple of other things uh, that happened in the last uh, month. Hans, the same week of the board meeting you managed to uh, squeeze in a visit to New York for the IIRC council meeting.
1: Yes I went to the IARC, the the IARC is the International Integrated Reporting Council. The ISB has always been a member of the council. What is integrated reporting? Uh, Integrated reporting is basically a combination of financial reporting and non-financial reporting. And obviously when um, a company writes its uh, annual report, it will not just include the financial statements, it will also want to tell a wider uh, story about the company's business model, about its uh, strategy, uh, about its, the environment it is operating in, uh, how the economic developments are affecting uh, business. And uh, integrated reporting um, tries to give uh, guidance to companies on how to do that. Uh, so during this meeting I, I uh, delivered uh, remarks which, which can be found on our website. Uh, in which I talked about the board's role in in wider corporate uh, reporting Uh, and I basically explained that we in the past already have made a cautious step uh, towards uh, promoting integrated reporting. We wrote our uh, Management Commentary Practice Statement in the year 2010 uh, which is already a form of integrated reporting uh, giving guidance to companies how to Uh, write uh, uh, the narrative report in the financial report that provides context to the financial uh, statements. Um, And uh, what we are discussing now with the board, whether we should update this practice statement to the latest developments in integrated reporting. Um, And uh, this is something that we will um, continue discussing in the future, but... Uh, I displayed a positive attitude uh, to, to further work on this issue uh, in this council meeting.
0: And we also published the annual report in the past month.
1: Yes, we obviously uh, we have our own annual report to uh, publish and we just did so uh, at the end of uh, April. And in the, uh, in the report, uh, people can read about our strategy and our progress uh, against our objectives. And ov- obviously, uh, the report also contains our financial statements. Finally, uh, Sue, I thought
0: it's worth mentioning that uh, we've published another video, uh, this time on IFRS 9. Uh, why now?
2: It's a good question, given that everybody should be in the final stretch of their uh, implementation work for IFRS 9 at the moment. And we did it now really for a couple of reasons. One is that there has been a little bit of commentary um, that we've heard about people asking whether IFRS 9 really helps or hinders financial stability, given that expected credit loss numbers could be volatile, particularly in volatile markets. Um, And also there has been a discussion with the Prudential Regulators about how they should um, transition the effect on accounting capital into regulatory capital for the banks or whether or not on the 1st of January 2018 that's a full day one effect for regulatory capital purposes or whether it's a phased in approach and that's apparently given some confusion because some people think that's a question about when IFRS 9 itself applies. So we thought that it would be useful just to um, set out a, a short um, video on IFRS 9. So it covers three things. Firstly, it reminds everybody why we did it in the first place, why we moved to an expected credit loss model, um, and talks a little bit about the old incurred loss model. It talks about how we think that the new expected credit loss model actually contributes to financial stability by providing more timely information about credit risk to the market to facilitate decision-making on a timely basis. And thirdly, it talks about the relationship between the accounting requirements in the bank regulators' capital requirements on the bank, so how we don't set the capital requirements but how our numbers are an input to that process. So it's just a five minute video for people who are looking for something to listen to. I'm really setting out those perspectives.
0: Well thank you very much. Uh, I'd obviously like to take this opportunity to thank you Hans and uh, also thank you Sue for Uh, participating in today's podcast and of course we'd like to thank those of you who are listening as always if you have any feedback on the podcast please email communications at ifrs.org the full summary of the board's discussion and decisions at the april meeting can be found in the isb update on the ifrs foundation's website once again thank you and we look forward to talking to you again next month